Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And we are going to do another cryptid episode yeah. today. Super excited. I'm excited too. We're going to visit uh, Lindsay's neck of the woods today. Yeah. Do a little West like, Coast. Yeah. West Coast, California, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah. And so if you're listening maybe for the first time, because shout out to new listeners, I did see and check our Spotify history recently. We had some folks um, listening from, oh gosh, from Portugal and from Ireland and New Zealand. And so shout out to new listeners. Maybe this is your first time. And if you are listening for the first time, this is a podcast about witchy, spooky, cryptid monsters, things that go bump in the nights. Herbalism, we talk about it all. Yeah, we do. Pretty much just like whatever we feel like that yeah, week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and we also like to talk about our cats. So uh, maybe last week, the week before, Mr. had gone to the vet and was hoping to get a little bit of an update. Yeah, yeah. So he went to the vet to get some renal testing done. Uh, they had done some blood work at his annual last fall and they were because he's He's nine now, and they're like, well, you know, once they hit like nine or ten, we'd like to do blood work, make sure everything's going okay, because they're starting to get a little older. So they found some like renal issues, possibly, um, and they were like, well, we want to see him in another six months, and we want to do some more testing. So they did the testing, and it came back as him having the starts of kidney disease. Oh, mister. Yeah. He's always kind of had issues with not getting enough water and having like the crystals in his urine. I guess it's pretty, it's a pretty typical thing for male cats to not get enough water. Yeah. So, like kidney disease for, for older cats and for male cats, both very, very common. Yeah. So he was on like prescription food for a long time. And we always like, you know, mix extra water in with his food so, to like help him stay hydrated. But, you know, there it's it's progressing. It, but it's not like like they said, it's kind of in the beginning stages. So we're putting him on a new prescription food. We're still adding a bunch of water to each meal so that he gets that extra hydration. And they said it's not something that can be reversed, but it is something that can be managed. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, important to note Yeah, that, you know, it's not the best news for, for Mr. or for you or for your partner, Brian, but uh, it is, it is something that can be managed. And so it's not, he's going to fall over tomorrow, but he's an older kitty and, yeah. and Kenway is going to be in the same boat this summer because he's somewhere between nine and 10. And I think he'll be getting his renal tests done. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a part of kitties getting older. It sure is. Mr. was not in the best mood later that night after he got the <laughs> testing done. I'll, uh, I'll send you a picture to share on our Instagram of exactly awesome. how pissed off he was. <laughs> I think he's got great eyebrows for being pissed off. He does. <laughs> he, like, he's, he has a very expressive face. When he's happy, his eyes are just like really big. And he looks super cute, but when he's pissed, you can tell. Yeah, he's he's, he's got a good evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that that Mister continues to thrive for a long time. But uh, but you know, above above and beyond everything, he is loved and well taken care of. And no matter whether we have our pets for a week, a day. Or many, many years, that's all you can give them, and that's, I think, all they ask of us. Yeah, dude, absolutely. 
you know what we should not forget to do today? Mm, light our candle? Yes. <laughs> I was just staring at her over there. <laughs> All right. I'll give her a light. <laughs> She's a going. <laughs> She's so pretty. I feel like eventually we, I, I really enjoyed moving into our little recording studio space. But, oh, hi, Kenway. You don't say. <laughs> uh, but uh, eventually it's going to get quite warm in here. And today is the first day where it's in the 60s. And I'm like, it's a little toasty in here. And lighting a candle, I'm just like, we, do we need fire as well? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer, of course, is yes. Yes, but. yes of course it is. <laughs> um, well, uh, you may have, I definitely pointed it out, heard Kenway in the background. He may continue to do that throughout the episode. We'll try and keep it to a minimum because he definitely becomes obnoxious when he really wants to get into what is now our grow room, which sounds really fancy, <laughs> just has my seedlings in it. And then he can't, uh, he can't go in there. He can't eat the little seedlings. And he really, 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 really wants to. <laughs> I mean, they're probably delicious. They probably taste like grass, and grass is delicious. Yeah, I, I don't even honestly think he would eat them. He just doesn't like closed doors. Oh, yeah. So he knows that there's like a space beyond there that he can be in, and now he's just like, well, if I make enough noise, they'll open the door. That's fair. Mr. also does not like closed doors. We have to close our bathroom door. We've been doing it for about a year now. Uh, since we got the litter robot because he used to, you know, take dumps in the sink in there. <laughs> um, so when the bathroom door is closed, he sits out there and he just meows and meows and meows. <laughs> I like that they're they're just so tenacious. Is that the word? I don't know. They yeah. have like, he has so much, so much patience for being impatient. He'll meow for like 40 minutes and like not get tired of it. <laughs> I'm like, we're tired of it. <laughs> I don't know about you, Lindsay, but this was a fucking long ass week. Such a long week. I had to work five days this week. I'm oh, not cut out for that baby. shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like, I know that's not your job. You've, you've chosen your job for a specific lifestyle that is not working five, eight hour plus days. But as somebody who's worked like 10 <laughs> hour days every day in the past month, <laughs> I feel I'm just like, mm, my empathy is at a low point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I chose this way of life because I did used to do that. And, and a lot of the time I was working six days a week. And, you know, finally I was like, fuck this shit. I don't want to do this. Yeah, nobody wants to work five days a week. No, like I'm, I'll work eight, nine hour days at a bar if I have to. But... I'm not doing five of them. Yeah. Uh -uh. (laughs) Except for this week when you did. (laughs) When I did. Yeah. Sometimes I'm a sucker for people who need help, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. Everything, like everybody is just like super busy, has spring fever. Doesn't help when I'm like, it's gorgeous outside. I'd rather be outside except for (laughs) that one day it snowed this week. (laughs) Yeah. What the (laughs) hell, New England? Jeez. <laughs> Snowed three inches, made all of all of the daffodils super droopy and full of slush. So they all sprang back. Well, yeah, then it started pouring rain after it snowed and, you know, was freezing for a couple of days. But we got sun today. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. And, yeah. and I feel like that's our, like, there's always one snow in April. And I feel like that's our one, like, okay, now it's officially spring and it'll be like 
50 and 60 degrees for two weeks and then it's immediately going to hit like high 70s and I'll be like, it's too hot. <laughs> if it snows again, I'm totally blaming you for saying it out loud. Uh, fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one on the chin if it snows again. <laughs> we must never speak of it lest we be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that this will be a bright spot in this week as I'm facing another long work week, and I know you are too. Yeah. But, but this'll, this can be a, a lovely bright spot as we talk about some West Coast monsters. Yeah. Love Sweet. it. Why don't we take a little break, and we'll come back and talk about Penelope. Yeah, cool, dude. See you in a sec, witches. Thanks, dude. We are going to talk about spooky, ooky monsters. Yeah. And first up, we've got Penelope. We sure do have Penelope. I don't know a damn thing about her. I, you know, I only just learned about her today, but she's she sounds pretty terrifying. Okay. So I think before, I want to pause just for a second. Before we get into Penelope, I do want to set the framework of we wanted to do this because we've talked about Canadian cryptids. We've talked about New England cryptids. We've talked about Nova Scotian cryptids, but we have yet to touch on your homeland, yeah. your ancestral birthplace, yeah, uh, which is sort of a hodgepodge, right? Yeah. So, so a little Pacific Northwest, a little California, and so it's there. There's a little bit of spanning both with this episode. Yeah, yeah. I've lived in Northern California, Southern California, Oregon. Uh, and there's cryptids all over the place out all there. Over. I mean, like, really, when you think of Bigfoot, you kind of think like Pacific Northwest. When you think of cryptids, I think everyone thinks Bigfoot. Yeah. It's sort of like the OG cryptid. And yeah. we're specifically not going to talk Bigfoot today because that is a whole episode in and of itself. And I think people like tend to, if you have that sort of interest, even if you don't, everybody kind of gets it. Bigfoot's like a big sort of ape-like monstrosity that walks through the woods and leaves big footprints and hunters and hikers are like, oh yeah, he's like super friendly. Or, you know, if you're really into that, you're like, oh, he came and had sex with me in my tent while I was hiking. <laughs> That's also out there. <laughs> but there's been so many other podcasts and resources that have covered Bigfoot that we may do that in the future. Yeah. But today we wanted to highlight maybe two that you haven't heard of. Yeah. I think the thing that they all have in common is that they're, you know, generally elusive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like you see them, but when you're looking for them, you never really see them. And and that's one of the things I think that makes a cryptid a cryptid. Uh, one yeah, of, one yeah. of the things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is, you know, both of these have been um, spotted more than once. Yes. So this isn't just like, you know, a hiker Bob is like, oh, I saw this thing in the woods. This is, you know, this these are cryptids that have been seen by multiple people over a series of times. Yeah, dude, totally, totally. So most of the information that I got on Penelope, I just want to do this quick disclaimer because I didn't really take the time to write my own notes. 
today. I know, I know. That's fine. Shame on me. <laughs> but but I did a, a bunch of copying and pasting from the Weird California website, which is a really cool website that talks about like cryptids and other weird shit there. Uh, and it's a great resource for anybody that's like looking for more information on Sweet. this or different things. Uh, is the, That's weird, like W-E-I-R-D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Weird, weird California. Weirdca.com. Oh, cool. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Penelope is said to be this very large, very tall, horrid-looking humanoid that, like, roams the Sierra Nevadas. Ooh. Now, I asked you earlier, because I know jack shit about California, where are the Sierra Nevadas? The Sierra Nevadas are kind of like Central Valley, I guess, for the bottom part uh, and then, like, if you if you start there and go north, like, three or four hundred miles, that's kind of where they are. They're okay. on, like, California, bo- like, eastern California bordering Nevada, okay. basically. Okay, cool. And it's a mountain range? It's a mountain range. Okay, sweet. Yep, yep. Yeah, if you think, like, California gold rush. Oh, okay. Awesome. Kind of like, you know, a lot of that was in that area. Sweet. Yeah. So that's where Penelope likes to hang out. A couple of the sightings that I that I did see were were centered around like Mono Lake, California, which is like kind of in the middle of California, bordering Nevada. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So she's said to be female, uh, really tall, really thin, like super gaunt, very pale, at least seven feet tall with long arms and long legs and her face is kind of deformed and she has this like long dirty pale hair and she's usually naked oh well of course kids <laughs> <laughs> so, are not modest <laughs> yeah no she doesn't give a fuck so park rangers have like several accounts of documented sightings of Penelope from different people who have been hanging out over the area over the years, over like many years. And they, it just kind of like came to be that these descriptions were so similar that they all decided that, you know, this is probably the same thing everybody's seeing. And somehow they got the name Penelope. They say that she looks like a bestial witch. Which Ooh. I think is very rude. <laughs> I'm getting some Windigo vibes off of this. The tall, thin, pale. Yeah. But I like Bestial Witch. I mean, I think it's rude. I, I <laughs> get what they're saying, but this is like a bunch of normal Lloyds describing a witch. And you know what? Not all witches look like that. Oh, that's fair. But it definitely, you know, in terms of pop cultural references and that sort of thing, it definitely puts a mental image in your mind. Sure. And be like, everybody's going to be a little bit different, but, you know, we could go be still hag. I think that's better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's less rude. <laughs> <laughs> they say she's lightning fast Ooh. and she has razor sharp claws and she's known to like disembowel and decapitate her victims before they even know that she's upon them. Oh, shit. She's quite terrifying. So... There's a bunch of like urban tales or campfire stories about her and sort of the short version is that she was a woman who became lost in the Sierra Nevadas and somehow turned into this flesh-eating monster. But if you listen to like the collective of these like campfire stories and kind of put them all together, 
you can sort of start to elaborate on the legend. So the one that Weird California tells goes a little something like this. Penelope and her husband were driving through the, through the Sierras, you know, one weekend, one day, I don't know. And they hit this snowstorm. So the snowstorm was unexpected and they ended up going over the side of a cliff in their car. Penelope woke up after the crash with her husband's head in her lap. Who knew? Yeah. So she she kind of went a little crazy about this and and left the car and got lost in the woods. She wandered the woods and ended up like not being able to find her way back into civilization. She survived on berries and insects and eventually started eating like birds and other small animals, just like raw, I guess. And another storm hit. And so as she's seeking shelter, she came upon a bunch of like several large uh, metal drums. Okay. That were said to contain some like. Please say toxic toxic waste. (laughs) Toxic waste. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Toxic waste explains everything. (laughs) So the toxic waste had like, you know, seeped into the ground and the water in the area. And she, she sought shelter in one of these metal drums. As she woke up the next day, she crawled from this metal drum. And it was then that she had turned into this giant monster-like woman. Oh, wow. (laughs) That really was some toxic waste. (laughs) (laughs) With these, like, fangs and huge claws and this insatiable urge to eat meat. Nice. Yes. Now begins her journey through the Sierras in her search for prey. I like that this takes a little like twisty comic book turn. So I know. <laughs> so you've got like kind of a ghost story is how I thought it was going to go. So, you know, young lovers, decapitated head, woman goes crazy, like survives for a while in the forest and then like dies, but her spirit becomes Penelope. Yeah. But no, <laughs> no, no, no. Toxic waste. <laughs> Toxic waste. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So our sanity's long gone at this point, and she goes on this murder spree. And it, they, if if you believe the stories, uh, there's there's talks of her derailing a train and eating its passengers. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, 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 multiple accounts of her killing hikers or you know campers and. It's said that she even attacked a mobile home park where she turned over structures and made off with some of the people who lived there. So, according to Weird California, the last part of the story had the FBI brought in to handle this. Wow. So, so, so some people actually went missing from a mobile home? And that's why the FBI were brought in? Yeah. Or, and then the people were like, well, it was yeah, Penelope. Well, I mean, I, apparently, but this is a story, so who knows? I, I, but yeah. I'm, I like to believe I like it's to think, true. I like to think some people have been missing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. I can't believe I said that out loud. <laughs> but I'd like to think that, you know, the FBI came in all serious and they're like, there's yeah. been an abduction or. Yeah, you know. dude. Yeah. And they brought in bounty hunters to chase after her. So finally they like cornered her in a canyon and they were like shooting at her and they got her several times, I guess, but she ended up climbing over a cliff and disappearing. 
But this is not before she killed some of her pursuers. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do we have any names? No, not of Ah. the pursuers. No, no, no. No. (laughs) That would actually lend some validity to the story. (laughs) True. Uh, There's this other website. It's actually a blog called Phantoms and Monsters that's written by a man named Lon Strickler. And it has, he gets like a bunch of people who write in about their weird sightings and stuff like that. And there's actually a couple about Penelope in there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's super neat. They're really long. So I would suggest like going to the actual blog page and looking it up, but one of the more recent ones that was uh, written into him on there, and he has the whole email like posted on the blog, is uh, as recent as 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah, where a man and his son were camping in the region, and they decided to like go to bed. They had brought in all of the food from like, you know, outside and secured it in their RV. And it was probably around 1230 at night. So the son falls asleep right away. And the father, off in the distance, hears this, like, blood-curdling scream. Ooh. And he hears it again. And he hears it again. And this, is, this goes on for probably, like, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. Eventually, he falls asleep. Oh, man. <laughs> I would not be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he goes to sleep, but he's startled awake. And, and he says that this is around 2.40 in the morning. He's, he's startled awake and he hears the scream right next to the RV. Dude, what if it wasn't... Okay, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. If it was Penelope, dude, I would have pissed myself and driven away immediately. But if it wasn't Penelope and it was like, I don't know, maybe it was like some chick that needed help. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to read exactly what was written. Uh, So he hears the high-pitched scream, wakes up the son. His son jumped out of his rack and fell to the floor. He grabbed his 44 just in case. And then he goes on to say, As we looked out through the windshield, the moonlight was bright enough to illuminate a tall, thin creature with light-colored skin. My son yelled, Zombie! It did look like a female human form, but the face and the rest of the body looked horrible. It reminded me of an old witch. No clothes, deformed face, long light-colored hair, long arms and legs. I figured it stood almost seven feet. It was walking away from the RV toward the lake. I had seen enough. I made sure everything was ready to go and drove out of there ASAP. Oh, man. Okay, that's good. That's, that's, that's good there, blog writer inner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I would have fucked right off too. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fucked right off too. <laughs> That's pretty spooky. Yeah. Uh, it, it then goes on. There's like several postings after that where people were like, I read this story on your blog and I have a sighting similar to that. Oh, man. Yeah. One of them, uh, I saw two others. One of them was uh, actually in the 80s that it happened. And this person was telling him of the story in the 80s. And then another one had a story very similar that happened in 2014 that they wrote about after they had seen that particular post. That's awesome. I mean, not impossible for a creature to live that long. Tortoises live for fucking a couple hundred years. But it also makes me feel like, I don't know, part cryptid, part ghost story. Yeah. Part like Sierra Nevada hag. Yeah. I'm into it. 
it's a good one. One hundred percent spooky, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Have you ever gone camping or like swimming in a Sierra, Sierra Nevada lake or been in that area? I mean, I've been in like Lake Tahoe. Yeah, but you didn't see anything. No, not that I can recall. No. Man. I know. I know, they, I know they never show up when you want to go looking for them. And I swear to God, if I ever did go looking for something and I actually found it, I, no, I would, it would break my mind. Penelope is not what I would look for. I'd no. Look, I'd look for something <laughs> a little less terrifying. Yeah, right? Like the white moose of Maine. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's actually like a ghost elk too that I think like hangs out somewhere. Nice. In California. Like I'll go see that. Seems nice enough. all right well penelope was terrifying mine not so much (laughs) oh that's okay (laughs) so i chose out of a lot of options a cryptid named colossal claude oh is colossal claude a gentle giant um not quite colossal claude is a river monster Ooh. So uh, this particular cryptid is primarily found in the Pacific Northwest because I knew you were doing a California cryptid. Yeah. I decided to go with your other uh, home territory and go with Oregon. Now, is it Oregon or Oregon? It's Oregon. Thank you. Like you're shooting a gun. (laughs) (laughs) So this takes place in the Columbia River, which I know nothing about the area, so I had to look it up. Apparently, it's the largest river in the Pacific Northwest. It splits Washington and Oregon um, and then spills out into the Pacific Ocean. Um, it's the fourth largest river in the United States. So it's got Holy a lot smokes. of different like fish and salmon. And it's like a big, wide, deep, fast running river. And it is the home of Colossal Claude. Oh, Claude. What you doing? <laughs> so if you've never heard of Colossal Claude... Don't be ashamed. I hadn't either. (laughs) Uh, But essentially, he is a sea creature and um, said to be about 15 to 40 feet long, which is a big span of feet. (laughs) So he's either 15 feet long, which is like, wow, that's big, or 40 feet long, which is like, that's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, He has a round tan body, a snake or horse-like head, an eight foot long neck, and a serpentine tail. Aww. So it's like a, n- a ginormous eel, similar to like Loch Ness yeah. or the Okobogo of BC. No feats? Doesn't mention any feet. Okay. So sort of like a really, really fucking massive like, horse-headed tan eel or river snake. Does he have like horse-like teeth too? I don't know. They didn't get it. They just said horse shaped head, horse-like head. So just, you know, sort of imagining like a sort of like long snouted head i don't know maybe he just keeps his mouth closed and like doesn't <laughs> yawn at anybody or anything ever <laughs> but still you know a, a thing's teeth says a lot about them that's fair i mean if he had pointy teeth he's a carnivore yeah. right? if he's got you know square little rounded off molars he's a herbivore so yeah. hard to say oh now there's multiple sightings of claude and they span a f- pretty decent time frame with slight variations on the description so that's why you get like, he's 15 feet long or 40 feet long. He has a snake head or he has a horse head. So I'm going to share some of these different sightings and we can make up our own mind. Cool. 
So the first recorded sighting was in 1934. And it is accredited to the crew of uh, the lightship Columbia, which uh, was fishing, I believe, in that particular area. But during a relatively calm day um, on the Columbia River Bar, uh, they spotted Claude. It wasn't named at that point, but it was a creature about 40 feet long and had a neck eight feet long, a big round body, a mean looking tail, and an evil snarky look to its head. All right. <laughs> That's a direct quote from a particular crew member, L.A. Larson, aboard that boat. <laughs> I mean, 1934, you really knew how to name your kids then. <laughs> uh, Larson went on to point out that uh, point out Claude to a fellow crew member, and they basically spent a bunch of time watching it through binoculars. They asked for permission to lower a boat to go after it, but the officers on the boat discouraged the plan because they thought it would maybe swamp the boat. So it wasn't because they didn't believe them, but they were all basically standing there looking at it and going, if you get in a rowboat and go out to check it out, you could basically capsize and the particularly sort of like skeptical interesting thing about this was uh that you know like this particular part of the river at this particular time of the year the river was like notorious for storms and for being incredibly rough water and this was like an eerily calm day oh and this was like a like fluke weather day when it should not have been calm, it should have been pretty awful. Um, in fact, in January of 1934, so not long before Claude was sighted, uh, the Oregonian newspaper, uh, which is a daily Portland newspaper, reported that this particular ship's crew had successfully endured a month of dangerous storms, which meant that only one crew member snapped. And so this was... Something that happened on a fairly regular basis where, like, it would just be, like, incredibly stormy and people would just go crazy. Wow. And only one crew member had gone insane, had to be tied up for safety until the lighthouse tender was able to creep close enough three days later to take him off and hustle him ashore where he could relax and quiet his nerves. Wow. And that was just a couple of months before Claude was first sighted. And so some people thought... That perhaps this Claude sighting was attributed to, you know, men being really stressed out after like months, uh, like on the water and incredibly rough weather and stressful situation that multiple people snapped. And they're like, no, no, no. Only one person went crazy. <laughs> and the rest of us were totally fine. And we saw Claude. You know, I have to wonder if what they actually saw was a giant log because Oregon, I don't I don't know if they still are, but they used to be like a really big logging state. And they would use the rivers to like float these trees down. Oh yeah, I have I have no <laughs> doubt. I mean, I think that like the you know that's the first sighting. There are more than one, but you know I don't disagree with you. A long tan. It's got a particular shaped head. It's got sort of like this like gnarly tail. I like that it had a snarky look about its yeah, face. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but if you're going crazy, like you can see things that you know. You can see things in anything. Similar to how like you know we see shapes in clouds. That's totally fair. But in 1937, a couple of years later, a trawler was docked in Astoria and the skipper came ashore and reported seeing a long, hairy, tan-colored creature with the head of an overgrown horse about 40 feet long with a four-foot waist measure, so about four feet around. Wow. And the local fishermen who were all, you know, on, like, on the docks uh, basically were all, like, nodded and were like, yeah, it's Claude. 
You're like, no big deal. It's Claude. (laughs) Uh, A marine biologist said that um, Claude was probably a whale shark or some form of uh, Ellis Mobrench, uh, but basically, like, they're like, it's... It's a it's an actual sea creature that's probably like an albino adjacent kind of thing. Oh. And the the fishermen were like, no, 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 no. Claude. <laughs> <laughs> they like they basically, you know, people were interested enough to be like, well, let's come check out this like, you know, this aquatic anomaly. Maybe it's, you know, a rare form of something. And yeah, the fishermen just like, we're not having it. <laughs> like, you can take your science somewhere else. <laughs> In 1963, so there weren't any more documented sightings. So it's sort of just a like local folk legend at that point where it's like, you know, if you see something in the water, it's clawed and everybody just went, yeah, whatever. And the um, Oregonian stopped publishing stories about it uh, because it was just like, yeah, it's clawed, whatever. Nobody cares anymore. Mm-hmm. But in 1963, the Shell Oil Company was doing a search for oil off the Oregon coast and recorded a videotape that showed a 15-foot-long animal with barnacle ridges swimming um, about 180 feet, uh, sorry, swimming in about 180 feet of water. So not too far offshore. Uh, Now, who knows what that was, but a lot of people, and I mention it because a lot of people group it in with Claude, saying, like, well, that's where... Like, that's where the river sort of, like, empties out. Yeah. It was probably Claude. Probably. Now, this one did have barnacles, and you can look up the video on YouTube. Ooh. It looks like nothing. <laughs> really? But, nah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see, you know, I didn't see what they saw, but, like, it's still fun to watch. I mean, anything that's been in the water for long enough can have barnacles. That's fair. <laughs> uh, and then in 1967, so, again, a couple years later, uh, a, a gentleman named... Peter Cairns, who describes himself in the Oregonian, Oregonian, sorry. Oregonian. Oregonian, whatever, (laughs) in the newspaper, in the Portland Daily Newspaper, as a Portland writer of reasonable sobriety and credulity. (laughs) So he's like, I'm mostly sober, mostly credible. I'm a writer for the newspaper. (laughs) Like, what? <laughs> and he wrote in like a little editorial article that it basically like looked as though Colossal Claude would provide the state's chief competition with Scotland's legendary Loch Ness monster, um, stating that there were reputable witnesses and and multiple sightings. And so it kind of like in the end of the sixties, it it garnered up a little bit more like hype about it, which was probably mostly for tourism or mostly to be like, come see our cool thing. Like, you know, because cryptids were in this this sort of like heightened frenzy at that point. And everybody was talking about the Loch Ness monster and they were like, well, come see our Loch Ness monster. Right. Right. (laughs) Now, between 1967 and 1989, there were no recorded sightings and no further documentation in any, at least local newspapers. But that year, a fishing crew was dragging a net when it snagged and could not be released. Not unusual. But the snag started to pull the bow of the ship down into the water. Whoa. So the snag was then moving away from them. (laughs) And um, the captain, his name is Donald Riswick, finally pulled the net in and found a hole in it. The hole was several hundred feet long, or sorry, the net was several hundred feet long, being dragged at 30 feet deep, and the hole was several feet across. 
They attribute it to a giant serpent, but they didn't see the actual serpent. Oh, okay. So that's the sort of, again, people were like, oh, it's Claude. It's got to be Claude. Exactly. Now, currently, Claude has disappeared. Oh. So we have a couple of really cool sightings in the 30s. We have some people talking about it in the 60s. Maybe like that thing that Shell Oil Company saw and filmed. And then, you know, a snagged net in the 80s. But that's about it. Claude hasn't been really talked about much. Hasn't been seen. Hasn't been recorded. Uh, t- and is considered missing. Oh. Uh, and uh, by comparison, just to sort of put like, you know, we've got three, four sightings maybe and some adjacent fringe articles in the in this particular newspaper over the last, you know, 120-ish years. But Bigfoot, by comparison, has shown up in the newspaper over 3,000 times in the last 50 years. Wow. So this is a newspaper that writes a lot about cryptids and takes it very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> The last thing um, that I wanted to mention is uh, that I actually kind of picked Claude because, one, it was in Oregon, and I wanted to do something for that neck of the woods. But also, there is a beer uh, made by Rogue Beers um, that is a imperial IPA called Colossal Claude. Aww. <laughs> Um, they're fairly certain that the massive sea monster has been laying low off the coast of his favorite brewery, where it has it that years of terrifying sailors and feasting on salmon, he has acquired a taste for hops. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but in any case, I have not had the beer, but I thought it was, I, I like, I like it when, you know, folklore of the particular area, um, or popular creatures or, you know, same as like main beer and lunch. I like it when, yeah. when your local history flavors the context of your, your beer or your soap or your whatever you're making. Totally. I feel like Rogue's done that other times too. They're pretty cool. They once made a beer that they used the yeast from one of their brewer's beards. To Ew. Make which, yeah, is gross. Ew. But I did drink the beer, and it was fine. Oh. <laughs> I mean, fine. I know it's probably fine after, like, all of it. They just, that'd be like, like, well, if I hold something between my toes long enough to ferment it, like, ew, just ew. gross. <laughs> <laughs> so I took, um, you know, for those of you following along, a lot of my information from, um, from the Oregonian newspaper, uh, which... Uh, their website is Oregon Live, uh, and that was from the entertainment section. But uh, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was pretty cool. Uh, and then I also took some information from werewolves.com. <laughs> so, werewolves. Werewolves. <laughs> yeah, and they've That's got, cute. it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool little website all about um, spooky stuff, um, monsters and ghost stories and haunteds. It's sort of just a little bit like this podcast, a little bit of like clearly somebody's interests all smushed into one, but it was nicely written. Love it. I love it. I might check that out. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a little bit of California, a little bit of Oregon. Yeah. That was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like it encapsulated nicely. You know, you've got these spooky, scary, like, witch side of Lindsay. And then you've got the, like, I'm a lovable sea monster made into beer. Yeah. <laughs> side of Lindsay. <laughs> I, can, I can kind of see Claude being like, oh, hey. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> At least I hope so. I'm, I'm, in my head, Claude has flat teeth. 
Yeah, I think in my head, Claude now has flat teeth as well because the fisherman didn't really seem afraid of them. Like, yeah. I, the fisherman just seemed in all of these different like newspaper articles just seemed to be a little bit more like, yeah, that's Claude. He lives there too. Yeah. <laughs> Penelope, on the other hand. Oh, um, God. I bet, she, I bet her teeth are pointy. I bet they're super pointy. And I'm I'm not sure. I, I did a, like a very brief Google like search to be like, is there a horror movie? made after Penelope because oh. I think if there isn't somebody out there in Hollywood should write that script right now. Yeah, they it's, should. I think that would be awesome. You've got Slender Man and all that sort of stuff. Like why not have a really cool like people like, you know, camping, terrorized in the woods, trying to escape the woods while Penelope is like haunting them and chasing after them. Dude, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Honestly, I think that there's nothing scarier than a really tall, skinny, gaunt, like pointy toothed old hag. Yeah. No, absolutely not. That <laughs> screams in the middle of the night. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know what my nightmares are going to be of later. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come on back with the pussy of the week. Let's do it. Be right back, witches. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a fun time today talking about some ooky, spooky, and also, you know, possibly cute stuff on the left side of the country. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get into that a little more. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at least left left side of the country stuff. Well... I have a pussy of the week. Nice. From California. Awesome. All right. <laughs> also took place in a terrifying forest. Somebody got lost. Oh. And then was found. Oh. So you may have seen this online. It was all over Instagram for a, l- a couple of days. But uh, about three, four days ago, this article popped up. And essentially, uh, this guy named Renee, uh, who was hiking, uh, went missing over a weekend in the Angeles National Forest in Southern California. Oh. He was hiking, having a dope weekend, and then was like, fuck, I'm lost. Oh, no. Took a photo of his legs dangling over the edge of a canyon, texted a friend, and was like, I'm lost, and my phone battery's dying. <gasps> I don't know, like, why this particular photo was the photo that, that Renee, our lost hiker, decided to take. It seems like an odd like I would try and find like a like very specific like rock outcropping or something like that but this is you know he was tired like probably scared and just like this is this is where I am (laughs) and I'm like and I'm in trouble fuck dude so his friends contact the sheriff's department and the sheriff's department releases the photo uh, that the hiker took, hoping that somebody would be able to identify the location. Now, I'm going to run over to show you this photo and be like, I look at this and I'm not a hiker, but like, I don't know how anybody would ever be like, yeah, I know exactly what rock that is. <laughs> yeah, that looks like. A mountain. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But it looked like more than just a mountain. 
to this dude, I believe his name, I'm looking it up here, lost it first, there we go, to this dude, Benjamin Kuo, who has a self-described weirdest hobby in the world. He likes to look at satellite photos of locations and photos of folks on Instagram and see if he can figure out, without looking at where they were taken, where they were taken. Oh, that, he's I like a that is weird hobby. Yeah, it's a very weird hobby. And that weird hobby has now saved a life. That's amazing. Because Kuo looked at the photo and then started looking at satellite images of that area, found that particular like little rock outcropping in the like valley and was like, I think that's where he is. So he called the sheriff's department, really kind of afraid. He was like, I didn't want to send them on a wild goose chase. I was afraid that I might be wrong, but I was also at the same time pretty confident that I had the right, like I had matched the satellite image of the forest to that particular hiker's location and like the, and the selfie that Renee took. And the sheriff's department sent some helicopters out and started looking for him. And just a couple hours later, they found him less than a mile from Benjamin Kuo's coordinates. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> um, the hiker was safe, didn't need any medical attention, um, had, you know, did not have a GPS tracker on his phone. You know, he was, he would have been in a world of hurt if, had it not been for this dude with a really weird hobby being like, I know this sounds crazy, guys. <laughs> 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 they've, you know, they've met um, now. They, you know, they've acknowledged that this was a like once in a lifetime, like borderline miracle kind of thing, but a very, very crazy coincidence, very crazy hobby. And I really thought that was fantastic. What a weird hobby to have and to not be afraid to be like, you know, this is my weird ass hobby. Now everybody knows I have this creepy weird ass hobby (laughs) (laughs) where I like to look at satellite photos of locations (laughs) (laughs) and used it for the power of good. Yeah. How cool and how fortunate. Benjamin, we like you. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, weird, positive story for the week. After, you know, getting lost in the, not the Sierra Nevada mountain range, but I'm sure equally a horrifying experience. Yeah, absolutely. See, this is one of the reasons that I don't hike. (laughs) It's one of the things that I always think about in the very, very basic walk around a fancy ass park hiking that I do where it's like, (laughs) like I could just walk around the park and if I walked in any direction for like an hour, I would definitely hit a major highway. But I still get like, sometimes I get a little nervous where I'm like, am I going the right way? What if I wasn't going the right way? What if like this four hour hike suddenly becomes a nine hour hike? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nine hour hike. No bueno. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there hiking, cause it is hiking season, be careful, be safe, tell a friend where you're going, uh, stay on your path. Yeah. Bring lots of water. Take a satellite photo of your location. If you get lost. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, if you've got a cool cryptid story or a cool hiking story or a weird hobby you want to share with us, we've got a lot of new listeners lately, so we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us a line at 5C2Ppod at Gmail or 5C2Ppod on Instagram. You can send us a DM. We will like, share, respond as is appropriate. And don't worry, we never share your comments, your emails, or or stories without your permission. So we will always respond though and say how much we liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we will. Well, until next week.
hang in there, get your vaccines, and remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Totally.